Well, good morning, Harborside. How are you doing today? We ready? We got our baptisms going on. Kurt thought he had the day off, and he's doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, welcome online. So glad you are here to join us five days away from Christmas. We're going to end the year strong, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to do it. And today, as Kurt said earlier, we're talking about this word, love. Now, when you hear the word love, you probably think of a bunch of different things. We've all got different experiences. Maybe you have good thoughts. Maybe you have difficult thoughts, especially when you think about God and love. Just as Kurt mentioned earlier, when we lit the candles, you know the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And the reason we're celebrating is because Jesus came into the world. Christmas is all about the birth of Christ, the beginning of this love story. Then 33 years later, he gave up his life to prove how much God truly loves us with the death on the cross. And so you've heard that, you know that God is loving, God is good, he loves us, but it's a little more complicated than that because maybe you've thought about this question. Maybe you personally, maybe someone in your life that's not a believer has asked you this question before. It's this, how can a loving God allow for so much hardship and pain in this world? You ever thought about that? You ever had someone ask you that question and you have no idea what to tell them? Even as pastors, we're like, well, I'm going to pray for that and uh, we're going to figure that out together. And it's a hard question because, yes, God is loving, but life can be difficult. Life can be challenging. And today I actually wanted to walk through a different lane along the same path that really asks that question. Because I don't know about you, at the end of the year, you get around Christmas time, New Year's, we're setting goals, but we're also reflecting. We're also looking back and we're asking questions. What can I learn from this year? What is coming out of this year? All that we've been through, all that we've dealt with, all the challenges, question marks, difficulties, what can I take from this year? And see, there's one word I think that we can describe this year, and it's the word uncomfortable. Anyone with me on that? Amen to that. Have you been a little uncomfortable this year? Decisions you've had to make? Do I go to the grocery store? Do I not? What do I do with kids? Do they go to school? Do they not? Masks and vaccines and politics. This year has been extremely uncomfortable, if we could be honest. And so early on in the pandemic, during the lockdowns, God led me to this, this verse that really makes that difficult when it comes to our faith in God and the year that you and I have had. And here's the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and here it is, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so I love that. You hear that at funerals. It's a very, uh, it, it feels good. God is comforting. God is compassionate, all of that. But here's the question I really want to ask today. I, I want to get a little bit real about our faith in God in the year that we've walked through. Why does the God of all comfort allow us to be so uncomfortable? I wonder if you've ever thought of that. I wonder if you've actually struggled with that at some point during this season, during this difficult time. Maybe you didn't say it that way, but have you just wondered, God, why is this so uncomfortable? 
Why does it have to be so difficult? Why do we have to go through this? Why has this season been so, so challenging? And I think we think like that because we absolutely love comfort. Anyone with me on that? Anyone love just comfort? I mean, think about the time that you spend, right, in your life. You go reviews. When you go to buy a car, what do you do? You do a test drive. You feel the seats out. You know, some of you have heat warmers. It actually comes in handy finally in Florida, right? <laughs> You're trying to make it work, and, and you go test it out to see if you feel comfortable. You want to be comfortable with the school your kids go to, the teachers they have, the friends that they hang out with, the college that they go to, the car that they drive. You want to be comfortable with your workplace, your setting. You go look at houses to make sure everything's put together and that you and your family will feel comfortable. We spend so much time, energy, resources. We cling in our lives to comfort. I think it's really funny during the pandemic, some of you have gotten a little too comfortable, okay? You've been loving working from home. You will wear sweatpants and a t-shirt the rest of your life. You will quit your job if you have to go back to the office. Am I right? Come on. Some of you have been doing that. Some of the guys, your beards are out of control, all right? You have just gone far, way too far. You're just, you're letting it go Elsa style. I mean, you're just, it's just going all over the place. I think your wives are putting some stuff in your stockings just to take care of that. It's time to turn the page on that, you know what I mean? And so why? We do that. We want to be, we want to be comfortable. And what's interesting is, unfortunately, we've learned in the midst of a pandemic and, and the challenges we've faced this year that it's so easy in the world we live in to try to find comfort in the wrong places. See, when you get uncomfortable, you, you cling to the place where you can find comfort the quickest. We don't like to be unsettled. We don't like to be thrown off. We don't like the routine to be hurting us. And you know what's interesting? A lot of times when we think about being uncomfortable, we start to think, well, I guess God's not involved anymore. We get uncomfortable and we start to wonder, I guess God's been absent. He's not around. He's not working. He's left me to this. So many of us, when we face uncomfortable times, we start questioning God. And so when we do that, we cling to so many different things. Just through this season of a pandemic, alcohol sales went up 30%. Don't raise your hand if you participated. It's not that kind of church. You don't have to do that, all right? 30% on one average. Online gambling, through the roof, the numbers. Visits to pornography websites up 27% by one metric. Visits to dating websites at the very smallest up 15%. Why? We don't want to feel lonely. We don't want to feel alone. We want to be comfortable. And I would be willing to guess, I mean, Merry Christmas with this message, right? I'd be willing to guess you've faced these challenges the past nine months in the way you've never faced them before. And we've probably been asking the question, I want to feel comfortable. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what I'm dealing with. But it's been so easy to cling to the wrong places of comfort in this world. And the world makes it so easy. The question is, when you and I face a life filled with discomfort, how do we respond? What do we do to go to the right places? And what does it look like for the God of all comfort to help us when we are so uncomfortable? I, I would love for a couple people on the team to share a little personal. Ethan, why don't you start for us? 
In this season, let's just get personal. We're all in this together. What have you faced that's been uncomfortable for you through the past number of months? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's been a very difficult year for so many. And uh, it's also been a great year for me. I actually got engaged this year, which was really exciting. Um, Yeah. So as exciting as that is, um, there's still this season of waiting because, you know, we don't live in the same city where she lives far away. And so there's this like longing to be uh, in a new chapter of life, but yet I can't because it's not the timing. And so I think if I'm honest with you all today, you know, I can envision that, oh, contentment's coming. Like this, this is finally going to happen coming so I can get so con- discontent with today. And so I think my struggle right now in this season is, yeah, learning that tomorrow uh, isn't when, you know, life will be good, the next chapter, but how do I learn to experience the God of comfort Right now, right yeah. Now. Man, how many of us, we've been waiting for something to happen in our life? We've been fixated on what's next and what, what we're going to do there, and we miss the moment of what we can take right now. Mom, I know uh, going back to your, your old life in the corporate world, uh, t- talk about some, something from your past that was very difficult and uncomfortable. Yeah, this is not the only season of discomfort. Um, when we came to Tampa, I had actually been promoted in a very large international company, and I was the president of the division here in Tampa. And I made a very conscious effort when we got here that I was going to be who I am. And so all my employees knew that I was a Christian. I kept a Bible on my desk. Um, I got called up to HR a couple of times because I also had a Bible study during the lunch hour. So I got into trouble a couple of times. Yes. But during that season, my dad was diagnosed as being terminally ill. And that was a very difficult time. But I remember distinctly asking God to give me the grace so that all these people who didn't believe they weren't Christians and they were against me, I wanted to show grace that I had hope that they might not have yet. And I felt very watched during that season Am I really different than them because I've got Jesus in my heart? So I had a spotlight on me for quite a while then. So it's kind of like in the midst of your uncomfortable season, how can God use me? Will this be used for me? And I think we ask that question as well. Is this going to be used for something purposeful? And what I'm going through right now, does it matter for something bigger than me? And so we've all been there. We're, We're walking through not just the pandemic, but your own personal challenges, family things, financial stuff, job difficulties. Life can be very uncomfortable. And so what does it look like for us to cling to the comforter in the midst of a life that can be very uncomfortable? And I wanna illustrate this today by walking through the Christmas story. Now, There's a lot of ways to describe the scenes and the characters and the setting of the Christmas story. I think it's extremely uncomfortable. I mean, every single aspect, it's not pretty, it's not easy. I want to walk through uh, a couple of different scenes leading up to the birth of Jesus, and I want to start with Mary, okay? And I want you, ladies, I want you to picture yourself in this scene. She's loyal. By all accounts, she's young, she's faithful, She has finally gotten to the point where she's engaged to be married, right? She's finally in that moment, and she's got the dreams of the wedding. 
when they're going to start a family. I mean, everything's kind of put together. It's all coming together for Mary until an angel shows up on her doorstep. It's Gabriel, one of the archangels. Tom told us last week, it's a little terrifying when an angel shows up. This one's one of the biggest, baddest angels and comes and brings a message basically saying, Mary, all your plans that you had for your family and when you're going to have kids and all that, that's changing. You're going to be pregnant not by your husband, by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a son. He's going to be the savior of the world. And Mary's like, say what? (laughs) I mean, this humble young girl had her whole life in front of her, and God shows up and changes everything. And her response is a little more muted than I think some of you guys. Some of you would speak up like you'd get after it with God right then and there. I know some of you. But Amos, read for us her initial response, Luke 1.34. Luke 1.34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? I mean, such a logical question, right? She's just going, what is happening, God? What what are you doing? And I, I wonder... When you and I get uncomfortable, how often do we ask the question, God, what are you doing? What is God doing right now? Because when we get uncomfortable, we start to ask the questions, is is this of God? Is he involved in this? God, a pandemic for the last nine months, are you involved in this? Did you allow this to happen? What is the purpose of this. And God, I had this routine and this plan and I've been praying for these things and my future and goals and dreams. And, and now this comes into my life and it changes everything. How do you respond to that? And what, what do we do when God shows up and just flips the script on what you thought should happen, could happen and wish would happen in your life and he makes it completely different than you expected? See, I wonder if Mary, in the midst of that, she kind of got chosen out of all these people to have this happen to her. Can you just imagine the conversation she had to have with the ladies, with the family, with the people? What are people going to think? You know, the fears, the anxiety when something new happens, you start going to all the fears. You start thinking about all this could happen and this can go wrong. And what are they going to think of me? And this is not, can I handle this? All those things. I wonder if Mary asked the question, why me? Have you ever found yourself in a place when you have to face something and you're going, God, why are you letting me go through this? Can I even handle this? Why do I have to be the one to struggle and go through this in my life? You see, a few verses later, I love where, where Mary lands because just like you and I, we'd have the questions and the fears and the anxieties. I'm learning that That's going to happen, but it's really about where you land with God that matters. You will have questions and fears and challenges that you face. It's where you land. Amos, can you please read where she lands at the end of this conversation with Gabriel? Yeah, Luke 1, 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. She basically says, I don't get it, but God, let's go. Let's do it. I'm in. And I wonder if in in the midst of the things in our life that we question and we struggle with and we're going, God, what are you doing? I wonder in the midst of those questions to find comfort with God, if we could say, I'm not sure what God's doing, but I trust him anyways. 
It's really about where you land if you trust that God is sovereign, God is good, God is above, his ways are above your ways, his thoughts are above your ways, and you trust that he's gonna be with you through the journey that you have to walk through. I don't know what God's doing, but I trust him anyways. Here's one thing I'm learning in my own life with God. I would much rather find myself in an uncomfortable place knowing God is moving and working in my life than to spend all my time getting nice and comfortable but not feeling God working at all. I wonder if 2021, we can have the mindset that whatever we have to go through, God's in it and God's gonna use it. We don't know why, we don't know what it's for. That's in his hands. My job is trust and faith because we are believers. We have the hope of the world. We have this savior that's been born to us and the Holy Spirit to lead us to a place of faith that the comfort doesn't come from this world, it comes from him, amen? Can we believe in that? Can you be a mom and a dad that trusts him anyways? When you're sick and you don't know why, can you trust him anyways? Mary landed on faith. All right, now let's, let's touch on the guys here because this is wild, man. Joseph, in this situation, can we just be honest for a second? Guys, it just imagine you are engaged, this sweet young girl, man, she's pretty and it's all, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's, you're ready to roll with this and... Man, you've, you've got the plans laid out. And one day, before the wedding, all right? I'm just picturing you with this now, Ethan. I don't know why you went there, you know? Your, your fiance comes to you and is like, all right, all right, Joey, we got to sit down and talk. All right, we got to just give me a few minutes, all right? So here's your, you got to sit down. Don't stand, sit down. All right, here's what happened, all right? Joey, I know we had this five-year plan. You're going to start this carpentry business, and everything was going to be good, and we were going to wait to have kids, you know, to have the house and be prepared, like we're ever prepared for that. And, you know, the white picket fence, like, I, I remember what we agreed to. And, you know, uh, you remember sixth grade, that awkward health class when the teachers told us how, you know, babies are made, and it was really weird, you know, and... You know, we got that. Um, apparently, there's a new way. <laughs> so there's this, there's this new thing, Joey, all right? And so just go with me, all right? So an angel came to me, all right, and told me, I'm going to be pregnant. You're not the dad. Hold on. And you're kind of, but you're kind of the dad. You know, I don't... I'm going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and, and it's going to be a boy, but he's going to be the savior of the world. <laughs> like, come on, you know? Can you imagine Joseph, like any guy in the room, what do you do? What's the guy's name? Where does he live? Where's my gun, right? You're not buying any of that. And Joseph's like, he's just completely blindsided. In the midst of this situation, everything's changed. What do I believe? She's trustworthy and loyal, but this is how, what is going on? Hans, read for us his actual response yeah. after he hears this news. For sure. Um, it is in Matthew 1, 19. 
It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Right. Essentially, he's like, this, this isn't right. This is not what it's supposed to be. In those days when you were engaged, you were actually considered to be bound to be married, so you had to lawfully go through like a divorce would here. And so he's like, I'm getting out of here. And isn't that the same thing you and I do when we get uncomfortable? We ask this question, how can I get out of this? Isn't that what we cling to right in the moment? Get, God, get me out of this. I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. This wasn't the plan. I'm not ready for this. I don't know how to handle this. And we start thinking immediately when things get hard and difficult, how can I get out of this? I don't like the feeling. I don't like going through this. I don't like, God, that you even allowed me to handle this in my life. Get me out of this. In this pandemic, get it over with. God, get me out of this job. God, the relationship I thought was good. I mean, there's so many ways we just find ourselves wanting to run away from maybe what God has actually allowed us to walk into. And so the angel actually comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, hold on. This is of God. The very thing you want to run away from is of God. You will have a son. He will be named Jesus and he will be the savior of the world. Kaylin, read for us after he hears that part of the message, what he actually responds with in that moment. Yeah, Matthew chapter one, verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. This is so important. He landed on obedience. This is of God. God's with us. God's moving. God's working. It's weird. We're gonna have some weird conversations at Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna have to go through that. But if God's in it, I'm gonna go through it. And I wonder if for you and I, instead of trying to run away from what we're so uncomfortable with, if to find comfort in this life, we say, I can walk through what God led me to. Church, I, I want you to take that for what it's worth. You can walk through what God has led you to. Every single person at home, you can walk through what God led you to. If God's involved, you're in the right place, ladies and gentlemen. If God's moving and working and teaching, he's gonna show you, he will use it for his glory. He will use it for his purpose. The question is, will we have a heart like Joseph that says, I'm in? Because we're so quick to wanna run away from some of the things that God has led you to for a purpose that you do not see quite yet. And I find myself, I want to be like Joseph and Mary that hears directly from God in the midst of my discomfort, because that's the comfort I'm going to find in the situation that I face. You can walk through what God has led you to, period. The question is, will we do it with him? And so we go to the end of the story and we see Mary and Joseph. So you talk about uncomfortable. This, uh, we heard this last week. Tom told us Caesar Augustus, he's the leader of the Roman world. He just comes up with this thing. He wants to have a census. And he wants to see how big his empire is. He oversees Israel. And so he has everyone go back to their hometown 
wherever they live, wherever they've gone to, they have to go talk about their family, how many people are in their family. And so we find Joseph and Mary having to do that. John Mark, can you read Luke chapter two, verse four for us? Sure, Luke Luke 2, four says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. It's good. So we just read that. We see Nazareth. Okay, they have to go to Bethlehem. You just kind of read right through that. This is an 80-mile walk. Mary and Joseph, she's nine months pregnant. She has to go. Most people believe she probably didn't ride on the donkey they brought to carry all the things because it's nine months pregnant. It's probably not safe. She probably walked 80 miles, seven to 10 days from Nazareth to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant. I've had a few pregnancies in my house. Sometimes my wife had trouble getting from the bed to the bathroom nine months pregnant, all right? And she's tough. She's strong. Mary has to take this journey, and they're being obedient. That's not that funny over there, Ethan. (laughs) They have to go all the way back to this place, and you're like, are you serious? We have to walk through this? And I wonder through that journey, Mary and Joseph walking all those days, how many times did they ask, when will this end? How often do you and I ask, God, when will this end? When can I be through this? Get it over with. It's hard. It's long. I'm tired This relationship is hard. This job is difficult. The financial burdens, when will it end? When will the pandemic end? I mean, how often do we just wanna get there to be done with it? That's real. We've all felt that. You're currently feeling that in some area of your life. I wanna give you some hope though, because at the end of this, John Mark Please show us what comes at the end of this 80-mile journey that God had in mind the whole time. Sure, Luke 2, verses 6 through 7 says, While they were there, the time for the baby to be born, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. See, I love that 80-mile journey was a prophecy of God. They had to get back to Bethlehem. They had to get back for the Old Testament to be fulfilled. And what comes from this journey and this uncomfortable message and this situation that changed their whole life? The greatest blessing the world has ever seen. Jesus Christ is born at the end of this crazy Christmas story, and it's the greatest thing to ever happen in this world. And so I wonder to find comfort. We say, I believe that something good will come from this. I wonder as a church if that's where we can live. Why? Not because the music's good and a message is great, but because God is involved in my life. If he's involved, something good can come from this. If I'm clinging to God for my comfort, something good for his glory and his name will come through this in my life. That's what you cling to. Not the things of the world that satisfy for a moment and make it worse and the habits are formed and the the difficulties rise, the anxiety and the fear are stoked in your life. There's a lot of sources to be uncomfortable. There is one source of comfort in this life. 
and it is above this world. And so Ethan, I think about you in this season of waiting and I'm just curious, what's God doing? What's the good that he's bringing out of this in your life as you're in a time of waiting? When will this end? Yeah, well, this message is incredible. Thank you for this today. Um, I think like so many of you, uh, we asked that second question, how can I get out of this? And so I think that's been running to my, you know, can we move the wedding date up? Can we, you know, what can I do to just get on, you know, get on with this and, that's what the Lord has just been showing me right now <clears throat> is no, there is a reason for this time of your life and there's something that I wanna do in you. I think we can all relate to this, especially in this season. Like he was mentioning, we all wanna get out of the season that we're currently in to get on with the next one. But there's such power that the comforter, which is the name of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, uh, it's not just an attribute, it's actually his name. He is the comforter. He wants to come and he wants to meet with me. He wants to meet with you. And that's what we've been talking about so much is, is the journey of the secret place. Um, it's not about tomorrow. It's about the moment today, amen? It's not about 2021. It's about December 20th today that God wants to meet with me today. He wants to meet with you today. And we have this incredible opportunity to begin to not worry about what happens tomorrow, Ethan, not to worry about coming tomorrow, but just to be present and to walk every moment in the presence of the Lord. Amen. What's God doing in this moment in your life? That's what the comforter does. And so mom, I'm just thinking back to Charlie Paul, your dad, my grandfather, and that situation was very difficult when he passes away. Did God produce something good from that season? So much good. Of course, I felt everybody was watching me as a Christian to see how I would react. And what's interesting is I actually left to go and be with my family and with my dad until he passed. So I was gone for several weeks. What was happening in that company while I was gone were those four or five people who joined me for Bible studies at lunchtime. They were praying for me and they were praying for others. And God was with me that whole time in amazing ways, but he was also working on people in that company. People came to Christ because of that time. And when I came back, I had two chairs that faced my desk and one of them became known as the crying chair. And whenever somebody, man, woman, when something was going on in their life they didn't know how to handle, they would come to me and ask me for prayer. So God was with me the whole time, but it wasn't really about me. It was about those other people and how he showed up for them. Can we clap for that? That's amazing. So good. There's, there's so much more to it than just what we see. Why does the God of all comfort allow us to be so uncomfortable? I think it might be as simple as when we get too comfortable, we stop needing the comforter. So where do you find your comfort? Where are you turning when it's uncomfortable? Where are you clinging to when it's difficult? You see, today is about the word love and it always leads us back to the gospel. 
God loved you so much. You want to talk about uncomfortable. Jesus Christ, the perfect man, gave up his life, got nailed to a cross, beaten, spit on, mocked, rebuked, made fun of, so that you and I could be introduced to the comforter. He got uncomfortable so you and I could find comfort. So as a church and as believers, may we not look for comfort in any other place than above. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You go to the secret place to find comfort. And then you carry the presence so the comfort of Jesus Christ spills out of you into the world around you in your workplace, in your family, with the people around you. God is moving. You can walk through what God has led you to. Something good will come from it when you cling to your comforter.